Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Matthew West. Johnny. Dave. I wanted you to say Davey, but that's okay. You don't, have, don't do it. No, I can do it. Okay. I can do it. Say my name again. I'll, okay. I'll... Johnny. Davey. Actually, don't do I don't that like anymore. that. Yeah, let's I don't, don't like do that. that. Okay. You know, it is a billion degrees out there. It's Johnny. hot. A billion million. Tell me about it. Yep. I never sweat so much while mowing the lawn in my entire life. Yeah, I noticed that. From I, I worry about you. I almost had to stop because you know you're not supposed to mow when the grass is wet. <laughs> you couldn't help it. You were just drip <laughs> dropping over there. Let, let me tell you a fun little fact okay. I learned. Okay, tell me. That's where Manscaped comes in. Yes, the it Manscaped is. Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need everything. inside this package. Buckle up. Here we go, John. Here we go. You'll find their lawnmower four. 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, I'm not done folks, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. All your goodies. Their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge, literally ceramic blade mm-hmm. to reduce grooming accidents. We've all had them. I've we don't want to have them anymore. I've yep. got scars. Thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, Dave. That's not, I don't feel like that's legal. It, I don't know if it's street legal. It was 5,000 last time I checked. <laughs> they okay. went up to seven. Ugh. A new multifunction on off switch that can engage a travel lock, which is nice, and gives you the ability to turn on the 4K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a precise shape. I think that's the power of a, of a tanning salon. I think they hover <laughs> think in the two thousand. Right. I like to I like to shave in the spotlight, and now you can. <laughs> you can. Manscaped even threw in two free bags into their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxers and the Shed travel bag that will bring your comfort to another level. Get twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code Dadville at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off. Twenty percent, John, plus free shipping with the code Dadville at Manscaped.com. It's smooth skin summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind. Here we go. So, well, we're starting, by the way. Just so you Oh, know. we're on? Yeah, we're on. We're Let's al- go. Matthew, we're always on. We've spent an hour talking I, yeah, before. Yeah, I want the listeners to know we've been chatting for an hour, and, <laughs> and now we're starting. With really the best stuff. I've some, loved every second of it. Some of our deepest uh, fears. A some lot of, of sins. I was really surprised by a lot of your guys' sins. Yeah. I <laughs> shared. I was just looking for a safe place, and I felt like this was one. Turns out it's not. <laughs> well, I don't want to say it's not, but we are going to use it against you. Um, okay. But it'll make you stronger. Okay. About, okay. I like that. So, this, so, so I want to start with the brag sheet here, which, Matthew, this is kind of like an epistle, man. This is really <laughs> amazing <laughs> how long this is. Okay. Buckle up. Here we go. Oh, geez. Matthew, Matthew West. West yeah. Oh, I should say Matthew's our guest today. Everybody. Thank you, guys. Matthew's I'm on. I want to say I'm honored to be here. I've Don't been super honored about that you're this. here. Thank you. Don't do that. Um, okay, Matthew West is a five-time Grammy nominee, a multiple ASCAP Christian Music Songwriter like Artist of the Year winner, Bruce Hornsby, ten-time yeah, yeah nominee, <laughs> and a 2018 Dev Award Songwriter of the Year artist recipient. He has received an American American Music Award, a Billboard Music Award, a K Love Fan Award, and named Billboard's Hot Christian Songwriter of the Year. Hot, hot, hot. hottest. A recipient of the Rich Mullins Impact Award, West also received a Primetime Emmy Award. Good gracious Whoa. nomination for original music. It was a soap opera I did. For the title track for the feature film, <laughs> The Heart of Christmas. Uh, he has been awarded a RAAA, 
RIAA, that's for those in the industry, gold <laughs> certification for a single, Hello My Name Is, and RIAA platinum certification for the song The Motions. In addition, folks, there's more to come. In addition to um, his own recording career, I love this, by the way. I think this is so cool. He's co-host of the K-Love Fan Awards. I bet you crushed that five times, and it's more than 130 songwriting credits to his name. Is that true? 130? I don't. That's amazing. Is, I did not walk in. I want your listeners to know I didn't walk in and hand you this, whatever you're reading. Well, you texted it this to me what? on your way. Um, so including cuts by Rascal Flatts, Scotty McCreary, Michael U. Smith, Amy Grant, Mandisa, Danny Gokey, Danny Gokey, and others, along with back-to-back number one songs by Casting Crowns, including their recent single, Nobody, which Wes has featured. I mean, what are you not doing? Okay, there's still more. Adding author... To his list of accolades, Wes has written five books today. Give This Christmas Away, The Story of Your Life, Forgiveness, Today is Day One, and his latest, Hello, My Name Is. He is also passionate about providing hope. I love this, by the way. And healing through the power of prayer and story, along with his pastor, his father, sorry, Pastor Joe West. They founded Popway, is that what he said? Popwee. Pop yeah, Wee. like, okay. like uh, you know, like a population sign when you drive into a town. Oh, yeah, population. It's a weird name, but he's my pop, and we built it. Oh, I love that. That's great, so. Popwee. A nonprofit ministry helping others to craft, share, and live a more meaningful life. A couple other points. Uh, I thought this was cool. In 2020, he started his own print, imprint on Sony yes. called Storyhouse Music. That's mm-hmm. awesome. His book, God Who Stays, comes out in September. Yes. Right? Uh, and hosts the Matthew West podcast. Come on. On the same network it's, with Dad. Yeah, bro. yeah. killing it. Uh, over 100 episodes, 2 million downloads. Crazy. Just one male entertainer of the year. <laughs> Come on, man. That's amazing. You do that to make me feel uncomfortable. No, Is that's... that what you do to your guests? Well, we ask you to disrobe with every compliment. <laughs> I know. Well, I listened when you... Inter- <laughs> I just caught that part. <laughs> so if you go ahead and just kind of... Um, but I listened to uh, Bruce Hornsby, and he I felt like he was as uncomfortable as I feel right now when you Well, I mean, that. it's... Inc- <laughs> look, all this stuff. So the question I always love asking is like... What would a 16-year-old, if I read that to 16-year-old Matthew West, yeah. like this is going to be you in 11 years, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> what, is, what is he thinking when he hears that? He would be thinking, wait, I'm not going to play baseball. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. Like, that would, but he would be so disappointed by what you just <laughs> read. <laughs> He would be like, ah, that sounds like a lot. He's of like, work. is that after my years with the Astros? <laughs> or? Is that after I, I play in the All Star game for the Chicago Cubs yes. or whatever? Uh, yeah, I mean, that wasn't. That's the great irony of I think probably a lot of our stories mm. in, in life is. Right. I it, I always think a lot about how like it's like uh, we always focus on oh this thing was the best thing that ever happened to me, but like a lot of times I can pinpoint key moments in my story where it's like that's the best thing that never happened to me wow like just the thought of like here i had these dreams of being a baseball player and i was not as good as i thought i was Mm -hmm. i remember scouts were coming to our games i grew up in the chicago suburbs and what's funny is the chicago sun times newspaper they would do a preseason like back page of the sports page they would list the top college prospects at each position and huh. my name was number one at first base. Wow. And wow. I cut that article out, took it with me to every class. And when my teachers asked why I wasn't doing my work, I slid no. that article no. across the desk. No. So it was laminated. I thought my ticket was punched. Yeah. I was yeah. like, this is, I'm, I am going to get a scholarship at the very least, or I'm going to get drafted or of something. Of course. And, uh, and that my teachers were like, you know, there's a slight chance that doesn't happen, you know, 1% or whatever. And I just, but I had blinders on. I've always had blinders on when I'm focused towards something like, and, and I remember scouts were coming to my high school games 
And I thought, like, if I do, if I do well, like, this is it. But they were looking at the center fielder. And they weren't looking at me. He wow. was he was the gifted athlete. He got drafted by the White Sox, tore his ACL twice, and now he's oh, a dentist. <laughs> you know? Wow. And I'm and I'm on the Dadville podcast. <laughs> Look at how life works it out. It all works out. For but everyone. but I do think of I think a lot it's funny. I think literally sixteen year old me would not be enamored or elated by that list because this all wasn't even on my radar at sixteen. I sang, but it was like a party trick because people like Every time I sang, people were like, man, you really have a gift. But it was like you're singing at your church growing up or, you know, singing at a talent contest. And But it was never what I – I wasn't – I don't know. It wasn't cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. So right. Um, baseball but was But you were focus. playing guitar at that time? I didn't start playing guitar until um, I left high school. And then I studied um, music in college. Okay. And the reason why I wound up studying music in college was because I didn't get a baseball scholarship. And yeah. my grades were terrible. And I knew I had to find a way to get to college. And I had a music teacher who said, you know, you don't realize you're actually really talented. You could get a music scholarship. And so I remember I had to learn a classical piece to audition for this school of music. And they gave me Handel's Messiah. But I went in and I didn't know how to sing like classical performance. And so I went in for my audition and I sang it like, boys to men you know oh end of the road like i just i had these different runs and stuff in it and it was and all the i think the judges or the professors were like super confused but they must have seen through the rough around my edges and gave me a scholarship and so the wow. next thing i knew i was not going to college to play baseball i was going to college to study music so hmm. um so, so when am, did you so so what age would hear that and get excited so well, a 16-year-old would Yeah, so probably like two two short years later, I was already – You were in. I was hooked. Yeah, I got a poster it. from Walmart called The Chord Finder. Oh, dude. And I put it on my dorm room door. And I was also at the music conservatory, so I was getting this like epic crash course of theory. And, and then I'd be in my, in my dorm just learning to play chords. And with every chord I would learn, I would write a new song. Yeah, so songwriting immediately was like – that was the hook for me. Yeah. Right. Like, Wait a minute, I could tell my story. So, what was songs. the school that you went to? Uh, it was I call it the Harvard of Central Illinois. Sure, sure. Uh, it was called Milliken University. Oh, I know Milliken. And uh, oh, yeah. have you got? You probably played shows there. I think at some point I have in yeah. Decatur, Illinois. Yeah. So. Okay. And a great irony of my so I I was notoriously um, I loved everything about school except for the academic part mm, that goes right, for high school and college. Yeah, you guys just take that. Are out. You guys, <laughs> I love the social. How part. dedicated are we to the <laughs> academic? Like yeah. how it's essential. In the way. It does. <laughs> it gets, gets in the way, way of a lot. good time. <laughs> it does. And uh, a lot of administrators don't <laughs> don't see that. So one of the things that's not on that list that you read, and I'm gonna have my uh, my PR <laughs> team amend it. Was I won the Young Alumni Award from my university, which caused an uproar with my former like fellow students, all my buddies, like when they heard that I won the Young Alumni Award because of my achievements in music. Like, they were so mad because they were like, well, apparently grade point average isn't taken into account because my <laughs> grades were – like, they knew that they were the reason I graduated. Yeah, that's right. But I was the one holding this plaque <laughs> yeah, yeah. on campus. So. Yeah. yeah. They're anyway. meeting you. They're, like, hold just, like, with their arms on you. Yeah. So, so the question – you know, John and I were talking about this as we were talking about having you on. The, the, the thing that – let me say this first. I think about how you've done music now for a while. Like that's been, you know, yeah. your job, your whole, your whole, yeah. you know, sort of adult life. I remember 
the beginnings of that here in Nashville because I remember I was telling John it's so interesting. I remember you being playing the NACA circuit and doing like yeah, colleges, the, the colleges and stuff, which you were doing as which well. We, yes, and I think you right. as well. Yeah, right, John. You know, I never got into the NACA circuit. But I knew some people who were doing it, probably like you and maybe worse. I didn't really do it much either. I did. I just, I, at the time, I heard there were, you can get in on the NACA circuit and you can make like 500 bucks a show. Oh, and I was yeah. Like, it was how like, do I get it was, in on it that? It was like what National Association of Campus Activities or yes. something. Yeah. And you could go and showcase for uh, universities in this one region. And yeah. You'd play a 15 minute showcase. And then the colleges, the students would sign you would bid, yeah. to contracts, right. and you'd book a whole thirty-city tour all yeah. in Pennsylvania yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, and that was kind of a best-kept secret for starving artists because instead of playing for tips somewhere, you could actually go and guaranteed yeah. to get a check. Yeah, there yeah. was no guarantee, however, that anybody would show oh, up. Oh, that, yeah, that was the thing. thing. <laughs> like the, that was the, NACA's whole thing. The image of it was always like an empty cafeteria. Oh, but, it but was you got so paid humbling. like fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh. Because they have these budgets and they have to spend them. Yeah. U- University yeah. of Sioux Falls, they called it. Sometimes you would get booked. It's kind of like the, <laughs> for something the they called of Sioux Falls. the Harvard of Sioux Falls. Yes, <laughs> uh, the, they would book Sioux you Falls. for what they called a nooner. Ooh, and <laughs> you, you knew, and you knew. So you would be in the cafeteria, which is where the highest traffic was. Right at twelve at noon. noon yep. Yeah, with a microphone. While the oh, kids walked nobody. down the cafeteria line, so they're throwing tater tots at you, and like, and then and you're playing you're you're playing whatever popular cover is at the day like at the time, yeah. right? Yeah. So for me, I'd be Just up there going like, yeah, or like Meet Virginia or whatever, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and then I would throw in an original, and these kids would be ruthless, nobody listening. So I started like making up songs about like the kid with the red sweatshirt who just threw a tater tot at me and all of his buddies start laughing at him. But then the crowd would start coming together. So like humor early on was like, Oh, like, okay. So you learn little tricks and stuff. Well, the thing, you know, I remember that about that from that is like, you lived down the street at the time from some friends of mine. And I remember that you like almost cut your hand off or something. I had a terrible injury. Like were you pushing a window open or something? Yeah, I was, um, I won't gross your listeners out, but like, just even the fact that I have a career in music now is like, I smile to think about like the obstacles I've had to overcome. And some of them have been literally like physical yeah. trials. And so I, I literally have a scar that runs down the length of my forearm. Oh, dude, look geez. at that scar. It's John. gnarly, dude. Look at wow. that. Wow. That is That is like serious. a foot long scar. Yeah. And the scar was res- like, it resembles, I, I, not to get like uh spiritual, but like, you know, obviously our scars yeah. physical and otherwise they, uh-huh. You know, they tell pretty yeah. powerful stories. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it was two weeks before I was supposed to sign my record deal. I had tried to get a record deal for four years and got rejected by every label. And so I had started a career as an everyday songwriter. So when you were reading that list of people I've written songs for, that only came about by way of the rejection from the labels who didn't give me a deal. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was just writing songs for other people. And finally, a record label said, no, we think you're an artist, too. And two weeks before that, I had this crazy injury trying to open a window at my little duplex that I was renting and almost lost my life. And then some construction workers saved my life. Dude, that is... So uh, were you... What was the scene? Were you by yourself? I was by myself. And uh, I just... I'll, I'll spare you the details, but I opened this window and it got stuck. And when I pushed when i tried to finish open like my hand slipped fell through the glass and then i was in my front lawn basically 
dying. Like yeah. I was losing a lot of blood fast. And these construction workers heard me crying out and they came and like formed Holy a tourniquet. I remember cow. they took their bandanas and formed a tourniquet and then poured water on me because it looked like I was at a crime scene. And they yeah. kept me alert and the ambulance took me to Vanderbilt Hospital. Holy cow. So it was crazy. But like the stuff that came out of that, like it's, it's just amazing because I had just started dating this girl, Emily. And she stayed by my side that whole time. Mm. And, like, I remember I had 150 stitches in my arm. And I proposed to her, like, because she, like, never left my side. Like, mm. so some beautiful things came out of, like, this horrible experience. Mm. Right. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to play a guitar again. And uh, my record label just, I didn't let them know how serious it was. Wow. And I was very careful. I was, like, I wanted them to think, hey, this is just a minor injury. Well, a year later, I still wasn't able to pick up a guitar. A year later. But they signed me to that deal. I remember, so this is a crazy, I signed my first record deal with, I'm left-handed, and the oh injury was on my left hand. I signed it with my right hand. Oh, my gosh. And, and so it was crazy. What a crazy story. But, but, yeah, I remember. But that was literally, like, I, I'd known you, like, words yeah. I would see you around all the time. Well, and I was such a fan, and I still am. I'm a huge fan of both of you guys and your music um, and your podcast, of course. But, like, like I remember meeting you back in the day and you had these like you had these songs like Grace's Amazing Hands and like I would watch you play and sing I'm like this guy like forget John Mayer like Dave <laughs> Barnes is my guy he is he still around by the way what's <laughs> he doing I don't know I remember it's when sad. John Mayer commented about like you and I were talking about you had put out a song I think it might have been Grace's Amazing Hands yeah, yeah. and John Mayer like yeah, yeah. called I'm like yeah. what the heck yeah. like Dave Barnes well let's go. it's but I, you know what I was going to ask is like I remember those days, like early days, Matthew S. getting started. And then, you know, here you are still, not, I mean, you just, you know, we just read your brag sheet. You're still do, not just doing music, but you're doing all these other things. I'm not curious. Not just doing music, where you were just, you just won the male, <laughs> male vocalist. Yeah, of the year. yeah, yeah. Uh, Crazy, right? What, what, I love having this conversation with our friend John and I talk about this just each with each other, you know, just being two guys that have done this as long as we have. Yeah. How do you feel now? Like, you know, you're all these years into a career. Where's your brain with it now? Like, you know, you're this established artist, but you're also, you know, it's it's a it's an interesting thing being our ages doing what we do. Yeah. Like, how do you think about that? Yeah, it's I think some days it's like you're you're still looking over your shoulder going like, when is the latest song going to be the last song? Like, not the last one I'm going to write. Like, but you you wonder like I think these days you you're so thankful for the gift of longevity hmm. yeah. and like, you know, so I think a lot of things, I think in one respect, I'm like, I'm more comfortable in my own skin than I ever have hmm. been before. Yeah. I think early on in my career, I was made to feel by a lot of labels, like that I wasn't enough of a rock star hmm. and like, I needed to be like, I, I didn't need to be that funny guy making up a song about the kid with the red sweatshirt. Even though that was pulling the crowd in, they thought that was You're cheesy. You're still using that song. Yeah, I'm still doing that okay. song. Yeah. I'm okay. still playing cafeterias. <laughs> you plant a kid. Yeah. He's on the payroll. Every, now. every, yeah. That song has never left my set list. But I think just over the years, I started to get comfortable. And I feel now more than ever, maybe having my own podcast as part of it. And, mm -hmm. and just I think as you grow as a communicator and you realize, like, really, when you're in music, like, there's there's true musicians. And I'm a musician, but like, I'm I feel like I'm as much of a communicator as I am a hmm. musician, right? Yeah. Um I'm passionate about songwriting, I'm passionate about storytelling, I'm passionate about 
helping people after the three minute song is over. I'm passionate about making a connection with people. And so I think over the years, I just got more comfortable in my own skin of like, you know what? Humor is one of the things that makes me me. And my my wife and daughters may not think I'm funny, but, you know, a comedian is not honored in his own home, of course. (laughs) Right. But like, you know, so just get it. I think at this point in my life, I'm like, I'm thankful for longevity because it's allowed me the chance to get a little more comfortable in my own skin, have more clarity of what my mission is in life and vision. Mm. Cause sometimes I think artists have a really hard time of like, by the time their window closes, like that's when they were just figuring out Mm. who they are and what they do. And so I don't know. I think I'm really thankful that I can still be making music. And at the same time, I'm probably just as insecure as I ever was. Mm. You know, I think I'm so driven in my life. And sometimes I think my drive comes from an unhealthy place Mm. too, of just like, well, maybe if I do this, then I'm, then I'm good enough or then I'm valid or whatever it right, is. Yeah, you know? So right. There's always the unhealthy sides of our wiring. And uh, Annie Downs podcast helps me with that. Like, cause I would do her Enneagram summer. Oh yeah. And like, I called her one day and I'm like, you broke me. <laughs> like, <laughs> cause I was, I was headed to a writing session and I was listening to like, and I found my Enneagram number from her podcast. Which one was it? So, well, it was a three of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started to like, it just like, I felt all this shame about like the worst parts of me. Wow. And I had to go to this writing session and I was like, my brain was broken. And I literally like, Normally, I'd be like the guy, like, I got to come up with the best line, blah, 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 yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And dude, I just, like, sat there for two hours, like, unable to. And this young artist I was writing with, that was he was, like, really looking forward to writing with me. And I finally just stood up and said, I got to go. And I just laughed. <laughs> He's like, Matthew, do you cry a lot during your writing <laughs> sessions? I, call, I feel like. I called Annie. I was like, what the heck have you done to me? Isn't it crazy? But, yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's, I don't know if that answers your question, but. Man, Dave, I want to give a shout out. And when I give a shout out, I always laugh because it just brings me so much joy to give a shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with free samples. You know it, John. This time of year, my allergies are in fuego. They're Mm -hmm. always on the attack, but I use this and you should too. Oh, I do, Dave. Every day in our house. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, which is me raising my hand, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill to relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. John, I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for a long time, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go for a run without my eyes watering. I may be crying, but it's not sure, from allergies. Totally different. And I can sing without feeling like I have a fr- like a big old, let's not even call it a frog. It's a, it's like a toad. It's like a family of toads. It's a family. It's a turtle. Yeah. In my so you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? Yeah, me. I it's know. time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Dave. John. 
You know, it can be so easy to get burnt out from work or just life in general. Yeah, especially I feel like in our culture that prioritizes work and craziness over rest. Yeah. Well, not only can burnout be physically draining, but it can also take a serious toll on your mental health as well. That's why it's so important to prioritize taking care of your mental health through ways such as therapy. You know, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to even see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. And right now, Dadville listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dadville. That's betterhelp.com slash dadville. If you could go back and talk to that 20-year-old version of you, mm-hmm. you know, do the sort of, like, visit him, you know, you appear in, in his, like, you know, living room. Yes. W- what do you think you would tell him about that stuff? Like, you know, and I mean, he if it was me doing that, I'd be like, I wouldn't listen to myself. I'd be like, you don't know, you don't know me, bro. Like, I got stuff to do. You know, but, like, what do you think you would say to him? Gosh, I mean, I think for all the years of, like, like, just – being eaten up inside with insecurity. Mm -hmm. Like I wish that like I would probably try to address that with him a little bit so that he could try to find that place of comfort a little bit sooner. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like um, I think I've always been this blend of like confidence and insecurity (laughs) and maybe that's a sweet spot too, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think I've never walked into a room going, I belong here. (laughs) All eyes should be on me. Like I always tend to be the other way, but then when the moment comes and it's time for me to sing, like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Like I had, I was telling you guys off, I had a writing session this week where like, like I walked in and like, I just felt like, man, I'm not, cool enough to be in this room or something oh yeah and then i'm like why, why do i feel like well, what is know, with me you I, know what i, I mean so yeah. john and i talk about this a lot too i mean again this is one of the gifts of our friendship and especially him living across the street is just having someone that does what we do so close physically so that yeah. when i see john and I, he goes how's your dad be dude honestly i had a co-write and i've never been so in my head or i right you know whatever you know like he'll come over and go like i've written another amazing song and <laughs> I'm, and it will apologize. I remember saying that yesterday. He's like, <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. like, and the day before. And I'm going to play it for you, and I'm sorry, because you're about to feel a lot of things. <laughs> no, but you know, or he comes over and he says, man, it's been a frustrating day because I can't, you know, I'm stuck on this bridge or whatever. So that's such a gift, but I think that's something that's so interesting about what we do is I always, I say this a lot, but it's so much like sports. It's yeah. like our, our careers tend to have a shelf life. You can do it forever and thank God right. the three of us are, but you know, it's, it's like you're really healthy or the top of your game or the, you're right. the novel thing for only so long. Yeah. And then at some point you become a very loved, but known entity. Yes. And so yeah. what you're offering the world doesn't quite have the shine because yeah. they're like, dude, we love Matthew West, but this is your sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 20th single oh, yeah. record, whatever. Yeah. And it's great because you're good at it. Yeah. That's never the question. But man, there's this new kid out of Louisiana and he's got this. <laughs> yeah. And so when you when you live in a job, when you work in a job that novelty is king, it's hard to I think that's something that people don't understand about what well, we do. I it's like I I've heard the t- the term a lot lately even in some meetings that I've had where they're talking about a certain artist and it's like the the term new heat, you know, and new it's heat, like you wow. think about man that artist has got this new heat and everybody's and it's like you the three of us we can never have that. You don't have new heat when you've right. been doing this for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But new heat is not the only worthy heat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there is, there's value in keeping your head down, doing good work, staying inspired, and 
hopefully touching people's lives with your music or yeah. your podcast or whatever it may be. And so I think like there is that component. And I had a conversation with somebody that were like, well, you know, you're only, you only, you only have heat once, you know? And I'm like, man, I don't know about that. Yeah. Like my first number one yeah. song was in 2004. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't, I'm not chasing new heat cause I'm not 21. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm chasing meaningful songs mm -hmm. that can be timeless and connect to people's hearts. And as long as they'll let me do that, I'm happy to do that. And yeah. these days it's like, maybe that's one of the reasons why I loved your Bruce Hornsby interview, or, mm -hmm. and maybe that's one of the reasons why you guys loved it too. Oh yeah. Because we look at these guys and we go like, Hey, that guy still has something to say and something to play. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. some of our favorite artists are not the ones who were the flash in the pan. Like, they stayed relevant in their own way right. or stay, are staying relevant in their own way and they're moving along with the times. And so I don't know. I just think about that a lot as a musician now and I get to work a lot with like younger artists and writing with them. I know you guys write with other artists too and whatever lane you get to be in on a given day to be creative, like that is a gift. And so I, yeah. I'm really thankful for longevity and um, but at the same time, I'm still insecure too. So well, one so, of the things that yeah. I, I feel like I have benefited most from this podcast, one of the many things, A, is just seeing how alike we all are. Like we kind of all have like a pretty similar little loop in our heads. Probably. And maybe some of us have like tackled it or dealt with it more then, or yeah. are more aware of it sure, than others. Sure. But it's, I mean, it's kind of to your point, Dave, like one of the great things about living so close to each other physically and like physical proximity is we just we kind of see like all the common ground that we have <laughs> on any given day right. <laughs> and i feel like it's it really just like if i went back to to talk to my 20 year old self it's not like i would bring any new wisdom yeah. like my 20 year old so, yeah, what self, would you say well it's like I, I don't know how it would go it may go like how you said dave it's like i don't know that there's anything that i could say to my 20 year old self <laughs> that someone didn't say to me when I was 20. Yeah. I just ignored it. You know? Right. Like right, I just right, right. couldn't, I couldn't help but like have my own, you know, trajectory, which a lot of it was fueled by my own insecurities. Sure. Of needing to prove, you know, myself yeah. as an artist, et cetera, et cetera. Which you gotta have. Well, in a lot of ways, that's what will lead us to the places we go. Like you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but now at this stage in the game, I really feel like the the trick is like, are you going to let yourself enjoy your life and enjoy who you are? Mm -hmm. Because it's a lot easier for me to look at Matthew West and be like, dude, he's killing it. He's great. Mm -hmm. He's he's been he's been around doing his thing at a high level since 97 and like has had all these accolades. He's got a beautiful family and is. That I can enjoy that from my vantage point, mm. but you rob yourself of it. I'm <laughs> yeah. saying, I'm meaning you, the collective. No, we you're, you're, rob you're ourselves reading of my it. mail though. That's like, yeah. And and maybe I'd change my answer then if I could go back to my 20 year old self. Maybe all three of us would go back and tell ourselves like, try to enjoy the stages as they come. Like right, yeah. like playing yeah. those colleges. Like, did I enjoy that or was I just like? anxious to get beyond it and that goes for any whether whether someone's listening right now who's a musician or a plumber or whatever like it, it that goes for the stages of our you know mm. being dads with our kids and like yeah because i think that is it's always been about what's next right and that is a struggle to just like well enjoy. and the fuel for me with that is 
is the insecurity of it. Like, I think if I would have known, hey, when you're 39, you're, here's where you're going to be. Here's where it, what it kind of looks like. You're, you're doing music. You're, you know, you've got this podcast. I think 20-year-old me would be like, my shoulders would drop and I'd be, I would more be able to enjoy myself wow. in the moments. It's that, that sort of like, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about yeah, itself. Each day has like, enough trouble of its own. I just, I'm trying to grasp, grasp well, that. Let yeah. me ask you guys this then. Do you? Don't you do that. Don't you become podcast. I got, I got to turn this don't thing around. How dare you? Do you think, in all honesty, what consumes the space in your head more? The, the God gave me you moments where like the most amazing thing happens. You write a song that the whole world hears or the song that didn't happen, the success that didn't come. Like, because mm -hmm. I know one of the things that resonates with me is like when I watch pretty much anything with Tom Brady, one, because we look so much alike. Two, <laughs> I was going to, I thought you were, I was like, did yes. we book Tom for today when you yes. walked in the backyard? Two, because like, our uh, <laughs> Tom got the, the schedule wrong. Oh my He's gosh. Here. But, but when here. you hear Tom Brady, like he will talk way more about, the Super Bowls he lost. Yeah. Like of he, course. and you can yeah. tell, like, he's still pissed about it. Yeah. Right. Like, there's something when I see that, like, that I go, like, wow, I, I tend to, so do you guys, you know, does the insecurity lead to sometimes where you're focused more on the opportunity that didn't happen? Or are you guys good at enjoying, like, I'm seeing some pretty awesome plaques here. Like, what do you, what dominates your thoughts more on a given day? I mean, I, I, I'll one up you and say that I can, I like the moment that God gave me you moments of my life. I'll, I'll take the joy out of those. You, you know what I mean? I'll be like, I, and this isn't, it's, it's both. And it's like, I can enjoy them. And if enough time goes by, I'll be like, why well, haven't had one of those in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start looking at it and you're like, well, and I didn't even really like, that was a great show, but we didn't, quite sell it out did we you know did uh, we hit the back end on that oh like, i call you know, that yeah it's been two years since i put that song out it's uh, you know that whole thing yeah i, I think one of the tricks uh, about living in nashville i think about this a lot is it is first a gift it's a tremendous gift i i mean i literally could get emotional about this i think one of the greatest gifts of my life is that my friends are you guys mm -hmm. that, that that my friends are people that i'm like my 16-year-old self would be like, you know those people? I'd be like, bro, I know those people. He'd be like, you are kidding me, That's man. Awesome. Those guys are amazing. So so I think one of the gifts of that is is just being a community musician, being yeah. in a creative community, being in a community with people who are so good at what they do. Wow. But I think the trick is you are in a community of the highest functioning version of what we do for yeah. a living. I yeah. mean, between yeah. L.A. and here, I mean, that's the two cities, and Nashville is chock full of in insanely gifted people in what we do. And so I think the hard part of that is you are never at rest from bumping into someone, seeing someone, driving by a, you know, a, a number one yeah. banner, <laughs> or, 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 you know, seeing somebody's playing the rhyme, and reminded of kind of your station yeah, in, in the community. Yeah. And so, and so I think what's hard is there's this underlying <laughs> constant 
you know, reminder of like, this is my life, which is a gift. And yeah. I know those people in my buddies playing the Ryman, yeah. which is amazing. But also I'm not playing the Ryman right. or he just got the number one. She just got the number one, you know? Yeah. It's like, there's always somebody who would give anything to be where you're at. Yeah. Exactly. And there's always somebody exactly. that you would give anything That's to be right. where they're at. Did yeah. you ever hear Jim Carrey? He, he made a yes. joke when he, when he got His up at the Golden speech. Globes. Yes. Amazing. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not just Jim Carrey. I'm, Two-time Golden Globe Award winner Jim Carrey, and then he talks about when how I go to bed at yeah, night. I dream of being three-time three time. <laughs> <laughs> because then I will be enough. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, and it was so humorous. But he yeah. was reading the mail of everybody. Oh man, Golden Globes, but but I think that is the gift and what's and so I have to be. I say all that I have to be gracious sometimes because I think, man, if I even lived in Columbia, Tennessee, or or Knoxville and did this, sure there are new sets of struggles. And I'm sure I'd have a ton of FOMO. But there wouldn't be this constant reminder, at least in the physical sense of my literal physical community right. of friends, right. of of what is good and not good, and that's yeah. happening in my life all the time. And so I think, you know, when when you choose to do this for a living, it's a tricky little asterisk yeah. of living in Nashville. Is yeah. that that's there's a just great point? You know what I mean? So I have to be I have to be kind to myself in those moments. Where I'm like, man, that's great. Look what he or she is doing, or the band's doing. And then I'm like, hey, that's yeah. what's so great about being here because one, those are your friends, and two. You get to be a part of the community yeah. like they do, right? You know, I, so, so I, I want to have a question. Though, yeah, parlay. Because I, so, I want to ask you more. No, I'm just no. <laughs> actually, just, you go first. <laughs> no, so, so with your girl, I'm curious about this with your family, and you can give you can give John and I some tips here because your girls are you know, how old are they? They're, they're yeah. Like so teens. my my oldest is 16, and yeah. my youngest is 13. Which, by the way, I Two thought daughters. that I, I, I Instagram stalked you this afternoon for a while. I thought they were Christian artists. That's how old they look. I'm not kidding. <laughs> they look so grown I'm up. I'm not kidding. I, I literally thought, oh, he signed some young like oh, oh, duo. Oh, man. My, my oldest daughter sent me a video the other day. She's like, hey, Dad, what do you think of this song for my uh, high school singing group audition or whatever? It's this group at the school. And she sent me a video of her singing in oh, my bro. studio while I was out of town. First of all, she picked an epic song. Every time you go. Get out of here. Get out of here. And I was like, that's one of the best songs of all. But she, I was like, I didn't recognize her voice. Like it sounded, I was like, and then my start, my thoughts start going like, I'm a raging. No, I'm just I've got got an opener for the rest of time. This is is longevity. It's her. No, but but yeah, I found it. I have found our retirement plan. So, so, so with, with them being older, I'm curious as a dad who's in the industry and does what we do, how do they like how, cause you know, our kids are still so young. How do they manage you? Like, how do they, like, do they know the language of like dad's still in writing moment? He comes inside, like give him a minute or like, he's just come off the road. Like, yeah. Let's be careful with requests, or he's really excited because he had a great song that he wrote today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did they? Did they, what does that look like? Because obviously, mm-hmm. we're you know our kids are still young. I'm curious with you being a little older with girls that are growing up and you being a musician. Yeah. What is that like? It's funny because I think um, throughout most of my career, the acknowledgement that they would give me that they approve of what I do, it will only come in pockets, right? So it's just, I'm just dad, right? I'm not, I'm not a recording artist to them, but then there's moments and there are moments where they're like, okay, dad, this job's pretty cool. And that would be like, we would play this event at, at, um, universal in Orlando and they would get a special employee from the park to take them on all the rides. And so they're going on the Harry Potter ride six times in a row without waiting in line. And they'll look at me and they're like, 
Okay, pretty cool. Now yeah. today your job's cool, <laughs> right? Um, now I will say, backing up when they were younger, we actually homeschooled for four years, mm. and we traveled in a family bus, and wow. we raised our kids on the road and had an incredible experiences. And so they're no stranger to that lifestyle. And I mean, you talk about what incredible experiences, like we're not just reading about Mount Rushmore today we're going, and then dad's going to be on That's stage. So and great. so that was an incredible experience at a certain, after four years when they still couldn't spell their own name, I thought we need to get up in school. <laughs> She's but, 15. <laughs> yeah. It's time. Yeah, don't let the academics get in the <laughs> way. That's what I'm saying, John. <laughs> but, um, but so I think they understand they know all about it. I will say this, and this maybe will sum it all up, is um, literally, it was like two weeks ago, I walked back to, I have a little studio that I call the Story House behind my house, and I just happened to walk back there to do some work and make a cup of coffee, and I found a piece of my, a piece of paper from my journal mm. had been ripped out, and somebody had written on it and I picked it up and it was a letter from my daughter Lulu Oh come on! who had evidently gone back there and I didn't know she was going back there and she would work on music and stuff and she just said dear dad I just want to tell you how much I respect you and you're such a gifted songwriter and the way that you write songs and help people through your music I, I just want you to know how much I look up to you I love you. And I would oh what? Well, I'll start I'm crying. tearing up like, right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, like I that will forever be a prized possession of mine. Like Good she night. literally and it was just never before said anything like that to me. And I don't you know what I mean? And um and that then, that checks so many boxes. Oh my like, gosh. For me, I would be like, How sweet is that that she took the time to write that out to like I feel like a, that's a win for me as a dad because I'm her dad. I'm this 100%. person's dad who just let, <laughs> left their that dad thoughtful. that note. And yes. she's that thoughtful. Yes. Also, she complimented my songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, It's like the trifecta. It's the trifecta. But And I will say, because I know like this podcast, what I love about the theme of your podcast is like one of the reasons I was so excited to be here was one of my favorite things to talk about is, hmm. is my daughters and yeah. my family and yeah. what God shows me about what really matters in my life. Right. And so we've spent a lot of time talking about music and it's like, but at the end of the day, like I keep coming back to like, I think one of the things that haunts me in my life in the best way, and we don't think of the word haunting to be a positive thing, but like sometimes it can be. And it's like, I don't want to get to the end of my life being so much more focused on the sheet of stats that you just read. Mm -hmm. And then, miss the boat i don't i always had this image of a ladder up against a building and i spent my whole life climbing that ladder and i get to the top and realize i had it up against the wrong one right mm, and so uh -huh. like that's something that really yeah. haunts me and I, it comes out in my songs a lot i write songs about like i don't want to miss what matters right you know what i mean and what matters is lulu and delaney and them growing up because how many kids of singers and stuff do you hear in documentaries that were estranged from their parents right. or yeah. well dad had this epic iconic career but we didn't really have much of a relationship with him yeah. and like i will trade the epic iconic career any any day of the week like i sometimes i look at it and i'm like i'm glad like i'm really glad that i'm the artist that i am and in the position that i am and not mm -hmm. like crazy like worldwide you know what i mean right. are they at yeah. the age where they can communicate that to you like if y'all had conversations where they they um you know if like you're going on a run or something um of shows or you're you know where they're like hey is there any way you could 
be here for this thing and not miss that or can you know what I mean because they're old enough now where they're you know they're they're people yeah I I think you're right because when they're younger they can't really they don't really verbal they can't verbalize what it means to them for you to miss their Mm -hmm, event mm -hmm. um and I I will like one of the things I pray for a lot is like God I know you're in control of time and like I read bible verses that are like that mess with your mind about how like a day is like a thousand years mm. and a thousand years is like a day. And I'm, I don't think I understand that, but what it does tell me is that maybe somehow you can help me make up for some lost time mm. that mm-hmm. maybe there can, maybe 24 hours home can feel like 28 and I don't mm. know how, but mm. help me be intentional in that way. And I, I will say there's been times that I say my wife is the one who really can communicate to me and she's the truth teller that'll say, Hey, and we've been planning it right now. Like we're planning ahead for my daughter's senior year and going, be mindful of this. You don't want to miss her last lacrosse yeah. game. Yeah. You don't want to miss homecoming. You don't. Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. I don't. So I can't let my team go off to the races strategizing about where I'm going to be because right. I know where I need to be. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, you're, I think that's a big thing. And um, when they were younger, maybe they couldn't verbalize it. But I've always like – I hate the things I've missed and I've had a hard time. I don't know if you guys struggle with this, but like it's hard to be content wherever you are because mm-hmm. when I'm on the road, sometimes it's just like guilt for mm-hmm. what I'm missing. Right. And when I'm home, it's like guilt for my team needing me to work or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so a lot of what we're talking about, whether it's personal and our aspirations or even just, fa- you know, family stuff, it, contentment is a really tough thing to, right. to land. That's a tough place to discover and land on on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, my oh gosh. gosh. I didn't know you could stretch that far. That's amazing. I can't. That's actually a friend of mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Do you, speaking of your friends, do uh-huh. you ever bring your kids to the grocery store? Oh, Dave, that's like the rookiest of rookie mistakes. Oh. No. In fact, you shouldn't even bring yourself to the grocery store. Whoa. It's Thrive Market all the way, Dave. That was a trick question, and that is also Uh. the right answer, John. (laughs) Thrive Market is our go-to for all our grocery and household essentials and the convenience of ordering everything on their website or app and getting everything delivered to your doorstep quickly is a huge stress reliever. Huge stress reliever. And the products are amazing. Mm -hmm. Plus, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks and trust that you're getting high-quality products mm. so that you can shop worry-free. Yes. I don't like to shop worried. You know what <laughs> God, I mean? Worry shopping is the worst. <laughs> you just place an order for some gluten-free items, like using the gluten-free filter. Ooh. Boom. It just gives you all the gluten-free stuff. Wow. I got Fit Joy grain-free pretzels. Yeah. P.I.P. corn white cheddar cheese balls. Guys, for those of us in the loop, it's called pip corn. No, no, no. I call it... PIP, it's a, again a Midwestern okay. regional thing. <laughs> totally. And I got some Lotus ramen noodles. You are off. You're just off. You're, I'm off to cra- the races. You are Dave. crazy, John. <laughs> Not only do I save time shopping as a Thrive Market member, I also save money on every single grocery order, over 30% each time on average. That's they crazy. even have a price match guarantee and a deals page that changes weekly. That's right, Dave. In fact, on my last order, not to be you know competitive about it, but my last order of gluten free items, the cost was $4. $46. I saved 11 bucks. <sighs> I saved 10 last time. Plus, when you join Thrive Market, 
And you can enjoy it and join it, John. I was trying to make both those it's words It's not work. an either or. It's, you can, guys, it's choose your own adventure, okay? And when you join and enjoy Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash dadville for 30% off your first order plus free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadville. Thrivemarket.com slash dadville. And join today. Johnny, 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 Johnny. That was good. Yeah. Thank you. Sort of summed it up. You're going to say yes to this, but I have to ask you anyway. Have you ever heard of Ragbri? What? Ragbri? Ragbri. Can you spell that? T-H-A-T. <laughs> Come on, man. It's almost dead. You are on to Okay, R A G B R A I. Yeah, I don't think that's a real word. No, it is. It's when a group of people all get together and ride their bikes across Iowa. You know this. <laughs> and what ride across Iowa. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm thinking if I ever do that, uh-huh. I'd want to do it on an electric bike. Oh, I was going to say, yep. you want to grab an electric bike. Get it. Because those thing. are so much fun. Yeah. The electric e bikes mission is simple, Dave. Yeah. Make e bikes accessible for who? Everyone. Me. Oh, everybody. You and everyone, Gosh. Dave. They are surprisingly affordable, starting at just $7.99. Yeah. That's way less than the competition. Yeah. You get where you need to go over any terrain, including mm-hmm. snow and sand. Yep. It doesn't matter how emotional you are that day. You're going to get there. <laughs> Plus, right. you can cover up to 45 miles, John. That's insane. At up to 28 miles per hour. I'm not going to do the math on how fast that is on just a four to six hour charge. So how many miles is it to cross the state of Iowa? Far too many, John. Yeah. Far well, too many. Where will your e-bike adventure take you? I don't know, John. It's so much pressure. Well, go to electricbikes.com and get $100 off any e-bike purchase. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-bikes.com. Here's the humor, John. You just drop the E and you got electric, but guess what the E stands for? Electric, and that's what you need. Wow. That's electricebikes.com and get $100 off any e-bike purchase. You know, one of the things that I'm really grateful for that uh, a decision that Amy, my wife, and I made years and years ago that that pays dividends is she went on the road with me for the first like seven years that we were married. Nice before kids and stuff. Before kids, yeah. yeah. And then when when Luca, so I have two daughters. How that old are, are they? Nine and six. Nine and six. Okay. So I need you to help me, dude. Um, I need. But, I was hoping you guys would help me. <laughs> <laughs> no, other way around. Okay. But I like the fact that she knows like when I'm on a tour and I'm in Seattle, like she knows that green room. You mm. know what I mean? There's something that feels connected about that, even though, you know, we're miles and miles and miles yeah. apart. And the fact that you guys did that with yeah. your girls, I, yeah, say, yeah. I feel like even if they don't realize how valuable that is, I'm sure it helps you. But I, I'm sure it helps them because yeah. they know where yeah. kind of how your day sort of goes on the road. It's not this foreign thing. And to, and that they understand the work that I'm doing and yeah. not like I, I. it was always important for me. It's like I don't want this is not dad's job. Like it's like uh, what's the song? Um, oh, Jesse Frazier wrote it. Um, I just texted him the other day. I think it's a Thomas Rhett song. It's like the dream you didn't have. Have you heard that song? Mm-mm. And it's it's like Thomas singing. It's the singer singing to the wife saying like, "Thanks for chasing this dream you never had." Like wow, geez. and it's so. I was like, you literally just told the story of every singer of going like, 
this wasn't my wife's dream. This mm. was my dream. Oh, and yet yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. A, it's like really profound when you yeah. think about it. But, you know, it's always, I think it's important for like our families to have a buy-in to what yeah. we do. Mm. And mm-hmm. for any profession, like to go like, hey, this is a family thing. And so yeah. I've involved my family at every turn. But for them to also see like they've been on the road, they know dad's not just goofing around. It's right. not just about waking up and finding the cool coffee shop. Like, I'm I'm going to work for my family. Yeah. You guys know John Acuff. Have you had mm-hmm. him on your show? Mm-hmm. Yep. He said something really important to me that helped me a lot because he would say that when he started speaking, uh, he would make a big deal about his mm-hmm. departure. Did you hear this story? I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it was really. And he told me his wife was like, "Hey, like, you're the kids don't even know to be upset, but you're right. making this mm-hmm. big dramatic yeah. deal. Go do what you're called to do." And I think we all three probably have. Uh, spouses that have communicated similar things to us to say, look, we're going to be okay. We support you. We believe in you. That's the only way the three of us can still be doing this today is probably because we've had that kind of support, you know? And so I'm, I'm thankful for that kind of mindset as well. So what is the day to day look like for you? You know, like I said, I have a nine and a six year old girl. You, so there our daughters are the same age. Yeah. Apart. Yeah. 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 And how old are your kids, Dave? Uh, it's 10, 8, and 5. Okay. Yeah. So our kids, like, stair, stair step, step yeah. perfectly. And they're probably, like, and you guys are neighbors. They hang out all the they time. They all have tattoos. We gave them. They're man. probably smoking I want to be in this. Right <laughs> the smoking. You can smell it. The bubblegum yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> With the fake smell. Side vape. note. They don't vape, do they? You know, know what I just saw? Young. We don't know. Okay. You know what I just saw the other day? This is a total aside. Big League Chew. Oh, I BLC? Yes, it's still around. I thought for sure loved they Big wouldn't be able to make tobacco patch- pouches of, you know, fake tobacco. Yeah, because oh. it would, yeah, yeah. I just thought for sure that that's out. It's a gateway drug. But it's drug. still around. It's, gateway. it's a gateway <laughs> drug. <laughs> that stuff, <laughs> it, 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 it tastes as long as it takes to say the name of it. But man, <laughs> for that it little three seconds. so good. Yes, it is. That gone. little three-second hitter, boy, you're like, here we go. <laughs> that sugar and high. And there it went. What a minute, sugar. And then, so, yeah, and then it's gone. Yeah. It so like the day of the day, though, like like I feel like on, a, on the macro sense, I... You know, I'm in lockstep with you. I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't want to miss these performances. I don't want to miss the recital, the soccer game, et cetera. And yeah. obviously we, we we have to miss some things. But it's like on the macro, I want to make sure I'm there for all those things. I want to make sure I'm communicating to my family. Like I want, I'm, I'm going to choose you guys over, you know, obviously I got to I gotta work and, and that's fine. But, you know, but. I do find myself thinking, all right, well, let's not let the the micro slip by, like the day, the little things, and that is something that I feel like I maybe need more help with um, than the macro. And we've talked about it on this podcast a lot. Like we talked to Kurt Thompson the other day, and he was talking about how, like, you know, the message that kids. even receive if your phone is in the room with you when you're talking to them, you know, like that's a real challenge that kids pick up on that. Like you're there quote unquote, but like, am I on my phone all the time? Like what, what is the day to day like for you in that regard? Soon and very soon for both of you, it will not just be a, um, the, the power of what happens when your phone is in the room. It right. will be dealing mm. with the fact that their phone. is. Okay. In the room. So how did you guys like, what was the rule around the phone? Well, when we, did they get a phone? So I, I will say like COVID um, like 
sped some different things up for interesting reasons. Like my, like my youngest daughter got a phone sooner than we would have normally allowed it to. But one of the reasons was because these kids were in their rooms and their only contact with their friends was yeah. literally they would FaceTime with their friends for hours and have this. And so things like changed, but then it became like we have to monitor. So, OK, some practical steps, are obviously, from a phone standpoint. And then I want to talk about like the micro stuff that you're talking about, because you're so right. Like and I can be guilty of having my phone on. My wife can be like we're our phones are such an extension of yeah. our hands at this yeah. point. Right. And so the, the parents have to lead the way and have no cell phone times together as a family. So mm -hmm. sitting down for a meal, let us, for the love of God, put our phones somewhere other than the dining room table, and yeah. we're going to sit, and we're going to... Sometimes it's about... You have to force things. As a parent, yeah. like, it's okay yeah. to force have, have things like a to rule. happen. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of times as parents, we're just scared to like... Like my dad, like my brother wanted to quit working at McDonald's and my dad wouldn't let him quit. Like he was just like, no, you're not quitting. It was like, and you know, my, I wanted to quit uh, a sport one summer and he was like, no, you signed up for it. You're finishing it. And I remember yeah. like, like a lot of times today, I feel like parents would get a bad rap for yeah, that. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think it's okay. Like right. we told our daughters, like you're going to be in a play at least one. And yeah. my kid was so mad. She's like, I got to be a flower in this stupid play or whatever. And I'm like, you're the prettiest flower ever. <laughs> and we loved forcing her to do that. But we wanted that to be an experience. Yeah. You know? So sometimes it is about like saying like we have we have stuff put on their phones where we can where the Wi-Fi shuts off. We yeah. we watch yeah. and monitor their app usage and things like that. Some of that stuff's very important. But then. Yeah. On the micro, like, just you're exactly right about the little things. Like, I want to be available to drive them to um, practice after school. I want to be, like, I want to be involved in those little moments, too. Yeah. And it's different with each kid. You know what I mean? Like, as they get older, too. I will say, like, right now for me, it's about, um, and this is not a little thing, but, like, I said no to a bunch of shows in order to take my oldest daughter to this epic camp in california like this daddy daughter thing uh -huh. that i am more excited about than any concert i'm doing this year mm. because she wants to go it's not with her friends it's like it's just two of us going on yeah. an adventure and it's like let's go that's amazing I each when they turn 13 for each of them i take them on a trip i don't tell them when we're going i surprise them pack a bag we're leaving this afternoon we get on a plane and we have an epic two-day trip just the two of us and that's a time where i had talked to him about some you know important things like mm. you know sex and mm. i mean all the things right and sometimes i wonder if it was 13 too late you know now yeah, but like yeah. my wife conveniently read in a textbook somewhere like if you have daughters the husband should give the talk about sex and all those things and if you have sons maybe the mom mm. and i'm like how mm. convenient is it that we have two daughters <laughs> and you read that i can't remember what it was yeah i can't remember maybe the holy spirit exactly so i know i threw a lot of stuff out there but i think what it really resonates with me what you said about it's not just those big like we're going away for a week long camp or family right. vacation right. it is like those little moments of like yeah we're hopping in the pool together and we're making eye contact and my phone is off yeah and i'm asking you questions and then i'm learning how to listen and i'm learning how to this is one of the biggest things that i struggle with but one of the biggest pieces of advice that i've been given is like listen 
Your kids are going to have hard days. Your kids are going to go through hard things because that's every one of our stories. But your job as a parent is not to fix their story. Your job is to walk with them through it. And that is mm. going to be very difficult for yeah. each of you at different times. And mm. it's even this past week, I had a situation where it took everything within me not to like fight. And as a dad, there's times where you got to fight for your kids. That's not what I'm talking about. But then there's also times where it's like you got to walk with your kids through their hard days, right. through the mean girl situation, through the uh, being left out of a party, through, uh, through the breakup, whatever it might be, and go, yeah. man, I want so bad to call this kid up and be the the dude who yeah. strikes fear into the hearts of anybody who might <laughs> right, right, come right, close right, to my daughters right. and harm them. Right. But how can I walk with them? through the difficult parts of their story, whether it's anxiety or a mean kid or whatever it might be. And our kids are going to have stuff. Yeah. What, what have you learned about that? How so hard far? it is, first of all. I mean, like I, I've learned that restraint is, well, it's, I've learned the heart of a father hmm. is protection. And I've learned, and I, you hear a lot of people talk about how they learn more about God through their journey as a dad. Right, yeah. you know, what I mean, you learn. Yeah. Oh, this is, oh, this is just a glimpse of how God sees me. Hundred you know I mean? percent. Um, but I've also learned that it's like parenting. You ready? Can I say something incredibly profound? Come on, as if I haven't already. Here we go. Parenting is hard. <laughs> <laughs> like being a dad, like it is, like it's the greatest joy of my life and the greatest challenge of my life, hands down. Yeah. And a lot of days, like just like I beat myself up when I don't feel like I did a good show. Like so many days I beat myself th thinking, like beat myself up going, man, I think I, I, I think I failed as a dad today. One of the things I would say is like when I do feel like I failed, like I lost my temper or I didn't listen to my kid and I, or whatever. If I wasn't attentive, like mm -hmm. I try to be on a race to the finish. If the finish line is and I'm sorry, like I want to get there fast. Yeah. And so like, yeah. do you want to know like some of the most humbling moments, but some of the sweetest moments with my kids? knock on the door mm. of their bedroom. Hey, can I talk to you for a second? Uh, Dad's an idiot, and I handled that situation wrong, mm. and I should have been more patient with you, and I just want you to know I'm sorry. Mm. No no excuse, which that's hard to do in life in general, mm. but that's something that has really been healing moments. For is it is it harder with them as they get older or easier yeah. or the same? Well, it, it's as when you apologize. I mean, when they're little, it's like they don't even, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just those, I mean, you're at these really precious ages. I would say as they get older, it just becomes, it just gets deeper. Hmm. You know, I think it becomes more important, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, when teenagers and attitudes and parents that can have an attitude back when your teenager has an attitude, it's like, but those moments of apology and forgiveness are I have to believe that, like, if my kids grow up and say, you know, dad wasn't perfect, but he wasn't afraid to admit it hmm. when he fell short of the mark. And I'll rem I hope they remember those times that dad wrapped an arm around him and said, hey, I I'm sorry. Can hmm. you forgive me? Like, I should have I should have gone easier on you there. I should have handled this better. Hmm. So I think forgiveness is so important, too. And I think as they get older. Maybe it gets harder, but it also gets deeper and more meaningful, mm -hmm. you know, because you're having these these real conversations. And I, I will say as they get older, man, like tonight I got a date with my youngest daughter and it's like, man, we're just going to go have dinner together. And the conversation is like rich. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, whoa, like you're 
you're smart and you're funny and sarcastic and like ah, this is a great conversation mm. you know what i mean so yeah. there's there's beauty there's beauty in every stage how many yeah. times did we have i mean how many parents would tell you when you're getting ready to have kids oh this stage is the best mm. oh Oh no no no! This stage, oh, it's the best, right? Or like, and as if one stage is not. But I mean, can we all agree? Like, yeah. every stage has beauty to be discovered. Mm. You know what I mean? When they're tiny, amazing. When they're sixteen, this is awesome. Do you, do you feel like with your girls, they're, they're? I mean, thirteen is is obviously uh, uh, a lot younger than sixteen. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But do you do you feel like they're still changing in their personalities a lot, or do you feel like? Because I think about stages, and I think like what's so fun is like, oh, that, that was when we learned she loved drama, or we he really loved soccer, and he really became his, or or, or you know loved being creative and learned guitar, or whatever. Have you found that with them? Do you feel like no? If when you think back to like their younger ages, do you feel like they're really just kind of an iteration or two from what that was, or have you seen them really go through these pretty? seismic changes as a dad that you're like, oh, this is a new operating manual here than the seven-year-old version, the 10-year-old version of her, yeah. you know. You can kind of, I mean, I feel like, don't you feel like you, you can see their personalities in the making hmm. all through? And and there might be pivotal moments where they have to experience something hard and it really, then you start to see a seismic change. And, you know, I will say that, like, noticing their stark differences personality wise it's interesting in the same house to watch you know two daughters grow up and be like well one's an extrovert one's an introvert it's mm. very interesting and then also it's like when we're writing songs like when you write with one artist or one other writer like your role might be different in that room or you mm. might have to approach it differently mm. it's like that with parenting of going like there's multiple playbooks here if you have multiple kids, like you're going to have to parent each one of them differently. And I think one of the biggest things I've learned is like kids put a lot of pressure on themselves. Mm. So mm-hmm. like, I don't need to be the one heaping that's any more on them, yeah. you know, that's and, such a good word. and I watch that. I watch the pressure my kids feel. Now I'm still going to like, if they didn't turn in their homework, I'm going to say like, Hey, like that's not okay. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, I try to remember like at the beginning you asked me like, well, when did you, you know, realize you want to do music or whatever and it's like here i was all the way up until yeah you know yeah. 18 like yeah. still going i think i'm gonna play for the cubs like hello that's like crazy right but that was a big uh like <laughs> moment in my head when you were saying that because just as a side note because you know i started playing piano when i was four wow and my girls are nine and six and we still haven't like got them signed up for lessons and all that. And I, I mean, all the while I'm thinking it's in my head. I'm thinking about it. I really don't want to be that over. Yeah. You know, yeah. Putting the pressure on them to do anything, but especially music. But at the same time, I'm like, ah, am I doing, am I robbing them? Of, am I being, right, irresponsible? Like, am I being lazy? Yeah. You know, <laughs> we but, signed, we, I hovered over my kids for a long time. Like, going, like we would sign them up for if they showed any interest in anything. Yeah. Like we were going to open a lane for them. That was our goal, right. but right. not force them to do anything. Yeah. Right. And so my my oldest would five years old. She'd be running around playing soccer, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, you're you're fast. I just hey, it you're just good. cracks you're... me up thinking of like the parent <laughs> just looking at their kid doing anything, just watching and going, is she gifted? Is she ambidextrous? Is she gifted? Is she gifted? Is she gifted? I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, is she gifted? Was that gifted? Oh is my that gosh. What that is? She eats so much food so quickly. Is that, is that a, a thing? thing? Is that, is that a thing? thing? Is that what a is hot that? 
What is that going to iterate into in her 30s? Because I'd love what, the scholarship rate on that. What's, <laughs> what's the program we need to get her in? Are volleyball players big eaters? <laughs> I knew it. She's got volleyball. But I would sign them up, though, and be like, hey, you're pretty, you know, do you like that? No. Okay. Well, we're not going to do that. Right. And I would sometimes I'd panic going like, hey, let's find, let's find your passion or whatever. And then I'm like, hey, idiot. You 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 had passions at a young Man. age, but like it had nothing to do with what you wound up doing right. for a living. Right. Like, be patient with them. Yeah. And lo and behold, my oldest, I love it. I love the way her mind works. She's like, she's like, Dad, I think I'm gonna try out for lacrosse. I was like, what? <laughs> what is what is that? Like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't I know I don't know anything. I think it's like an East Coast sport. I don't understand it. Yeah. And she, I'm what like, why? And I'm like, you've never even done it. And she's like, well. It's a pretty new sport for the school. I think I'll make the team because nobody else is is very skilled at it either. I was like, that's really smart. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, like, she's practicing. She's fine. You're it. yelling. She's, is she gifted? I'm like, is she gifted? <laughs> She's a coach. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, she's starting. And I'm out there watching this kid going, I did nothing to motivate that or yeah. force that. Yeah. She found it. Yeah. She liked it. She has a drive to be great at it. And you know what? That's awesome. Yeah. So learning to – and then it's like, okay, well, what is my role? Maybe maybe I could be like the biggest cheerleader mm. ever. And I love that she picked a sport that I don't know anything about because I can't critique <laughs> Dude, it. I'm like, you're awesome. You you might be the best lacrosse player I've ever seen. You're also one of the only ones I've ever seen, but you're amazing. Do, do you – I was going to ask you a second ago. With, with your wife and the girls – to your point about like, okay, my role in this with this daughter, just with this daughter, um, is I'm not going to be the greatest to come in after she's had a <laughs> breakup, bad game, whatever. That man, with my wife with this daughter, she's the best. Gosh, they, for some yeah. reason, that, but man, with this daughter, I am the better one to go in because she's, have you found that to be true? 100%. I mean, are, are, can we all in, you, in unison or unanimously agree that like, where would we be without our amazing spouses oh like my to gosh. show us For and sure. help us become better parents. Yeah. It really is like we, we do strengthen each other. And as they get older too, like, I mean, as a dad, you know, if your daughter has a breakup, like it's a challenge to be the listener and the supporter, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and not try to interject or fix the situation. So I definitely have found that there's times it's different with each daughter. You And it all comes down to like being attentive, you know, mm. like knowing, knowing where you need to step in and not, and knowing how to step in with each child because their personality is different. You don't want to shut them down. My wife is so good at like being there when the kids are ready to talk. Mm. Sometimes I'll just be like, well, we're together now. I expect them to open up. But like my yeah. wife, like she'll stay up super late yep. and she'll hang in the kitchen. And I'm like, man, what, what are you doing? Like, let's go to bed. Or she's like, no, Lulu was ready to open up about some stuff and I wanted to listen and I'm like mm. that is that's admirable. amazing so I yeah. I learned so much from my wife about how to you know navigate the path as a dad it's a it's a weird it's a weird and tricky thing I think as artists who are you know we're kind of known to be more sensitive of in the male world like you know singer songwriters yes. I think everybody would agree like hey, you guys have probably got a couple of antennas up that maybe other people don't that's have. Right, that's right. And so it's been funny with our kids because our oldest has really gotten into basketball lately. And 
And like, I am just not built to like, I love sports. I grew up playing sports, not at like the highest level, but you know, I participate yeah, in really athletic and yeah. Um, you can see it in my legs. I can see um, it. I was like, I was yeah, dude, he's a soccer player. I'll do, if I'll flex well, my shorts, the shorts you got well, the they're technically are those the five inch boxer briefs, but the five um, inch shorts, is that the five? <laughs> Or the Lululemon 2.5. My voice is a little higher because they're tight. <laughs> but like I've noticed, it's it's been a really interesting journey as a dad because like I am just naturally going to be more. Um, I just you got like, get out there, get out there and yeah. do your best. You got this. Come on, man. Yeah. Like great game. And I just I'll never forget like Ben got in the uh, in the car like after last year because all of his friends are soccer kids. They're all really good at soccer, and he likes basketball. He, he's good, but he started getting into basketball, and they all got into basketball, and they were terrible. I mean, they got pistol whipped <laughs> every game. I mean, it was just the Godfather over it was and just over. Bad, yeah, and so. After one of the games, he gets in the car and he is beside. He's he's actually angry, and I was like, you know, me and my sort of like, how'd it go, bud? And he's like, that was awful. That was mm. awful. And I was like, hey, y'all had some. He's like, dad. He, he goes, dad, stop. Don't. Yeah. Don't. He goes that. Nine years old. He goes, that was awful. And if it's like that, I don't want want to ever do it again. Oh. I was like, okay. And I'm thinking, okay, real time. Here's dad. Put in put in, like dad dad mode activated. I'm it. like. Well, t- tell me why. And he said, well, because, like, it, we were terrible. We couldn't compete. They were a lot better than us. We Everybody missed their shots. And I was like, all right. And he said, he, I couldn't believe he said this not here. He goes, please don't lie to me and tell me that that was good because you and I both saw how bad that was, and it doesn't help. And I literally, whoa, I'm it doesn't help. And I'm Holy literally cow. going, well, what I'm thinking is, this is when Annie shines. Yeah. My wife is a truth teller, and she would have been like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, and let me tell you what you didn't do right. Yeah. Which he yes. he really responds to. Yes. Our, yeah. That one of ours. And but he's got me, so I'm like, okay, um, it wasn't great. It was not a great showing. He's, he's like, yeah, it was awful. All the seven of you. To <laughs> yeah, look at yes. it. Yes. Look at it. I'm like, there are some goods we can take away though. Oh, but that's you amazing. guys laughed. You la- one of the kids laughed at one point. That and was, it was fun. Yeah. You know, but I think for me, I'm learning. It's an interesting thing as like a more, you know, like sure, I love, but I'm a little more geared towards sensitivity and empathetic. Sure. And I, yeah, I would agree to and that. And I think yeah. with, with Annie, it's tricky because she is amazing at like basketball it's been so funny with Ben like she she was really good at basketball she had like the the she held the record for three points in a in a season at her high school wow and three so total she, points three yeah it was like amazing wow. they they were there wasn't a lot yeah, of she was the only apart. one it was a home school she was the only one on the team and uh and so they just guarded her I'm it was five on one this, this scared lone kid on the court <laughs> just chucking just threes. chucking them up but like Annie is really good at that, and so when yeah. he came home and wanted to yeah. play basketball, she's like, "We're gonna start running drills," and she put him out in the thing, and he and I'm thinking, wow. part of me is getting a little shame because I'm like, "This is sort of what I should," be. and I'm like, "That's just not, yeah, that's this is not gonna be where I shine. I can sure. support in other ways, yeah, but it's interesting because you know we're like I really relate to our other kids in different ways, and so it's interesting. Yeah. I think as a dad, it's hard not to start drinking the Kool Aid on like those masculine things or the. The, you know, like busting their chops, like that's what you get in the car, and dad's oh, gonna really, yeah. you know, like I'm gonna give it to you straight about how the game went. I'm like, that's just not me, but no. it's funny because that's where she shines so much, and they have such a beautiful kind of bond. And he'll kind of, and I'm encouraging, and I've learned since then to be a little more yeah. honest because I think it helps yeah. him because he's not looking at me going, just and tell me how to great game. I feel like yeah. I can, and as we all do, like we're we're bringing in our own things 
to like Stephen James really opened my eyes to this. So like, oh, like nine times out of ten, whatever you're concerned about in any given situation with your kid, it's probably your thing. Yeah, that, yeah. The lens, yeah. Like your own in that story car, I'm it. thinking his self worth is tied to that basketball mm-hmm. game because I'm an insecure artist Gosh. and a lot of my <laughs> every are bad tied show. To it. So I'm running <laughs> Ben through the me filter. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you know, maybe someone like Annie who who doesn't have that exact makeup Man, that's so is true. like, no, it's just let's be. We're, Ben's just looking at the game. Yeah, let's just talk about the game. And it really yeah. does come back to like, okay, are you? Is your job to like fix your kid's story and yeah. and and because you're so driven by your own experience that you're you're tempted to like interject and go, well, this is how it worked for me or this is what I struggle with. So I'm going to assume, right. Or is your job just to walk with them through theirs and realize yep. that they are uh, unique, new, uniquely designed and they're going to have a unique set of circumstances. And I'll tell you one of the biggest things that like when I notice, and this is when I feel like I, maybe there's a moment in our concerts where you feel like this is going well. Like, right. You guys know what that moment is. It's like when, when a joke, I got him. a I joke got him. lands or you like, you hear the applause, the whatever. But for my kids, it's, I'm noticing as they get older, a moment when I feel like I'm winning as a dad is when like they genuinely want my, they, they're asking for my advice in a situation mm. and they're genuinely leaning in to want to know what I have to say about it. But how about Holy that cow. feeling you have in that moment is so intense? Because so it's, it's like what John joked about earlier. Like, oh, I think this is like the moment. This is are we <laughs> are we doing this? Is this happening? Yes. <laughs> and the fact that 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 happens, and you have a sixteen and thirteen year old daughters, and they're not like dis- that, is, that. You have one, and I'm sure there's plenty of eye rolling. There's plenty of experiences right. where they're like, "Dad, blah, blah." You know, it that happens. Yeah. But then yeah. there's moments where we're standing in the kitchen. Hmm. She's like, I just don't know what to do about this situation with so and so, and and I'm like, well, tell me about it, and then I'm like, well, do you want to know? Sometimes it's about, do you want, do you want my opinion? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? I I've actually been learning to ask that question. Wow. to, yeah. to a lot of people. Geez, that would help like, my life so like, much. Do you want? <laughs> before I say anything, like, do you even? It's God, just because sometimes they don't want to. If my wife is listening right now, she's yelling in the car. She is, she's saying, Listen, Dave, Dave take this like, in. How do I take a screenshot <laughs> of something someone said? <laughs> oh man, I tell you what, though. I mean, it's it's this is a process. Like I love, and I love that we're talking about this. Like this gets me more excited than music because yeah. I feel like when we talk about legacy, mm. like I mean, this we know what's really gonna last, and, right? One you of the know. things, you know, Acuff said to me, I've thought about this quote. I think about this quote all the time. He said this years ago. Um, Legacy is not really what we leave. It's what we live. Gee. I actually said that better than he did, but that yeah. is what he said. I, I like the idea that like, but, but the idea is like, it's not something after, people forget about you the minute you're gone. I mean, like, right. you'll have one generation that yes. grieves you. Yes. But even a few years later, they're kind of like, oh, we loved him. He was great, but he's gone. Yeah. So and, true. And, and it's just, it was such a reminder to me of like, all I really do have is now. Like, that's it. And I think with my kids, my wife, with whatever, it's like, because when I'm gone, I'm gone. And there'll be some sweet things. And every now and then my kids will be sad. And that means a lot to me. And But, you know, eventually. But this is it. That's this, it. Yeah. This is this is what I got now. And it just makes everything much more paramount. <sighs> and in really scary ways, but I think in really beautiful ways, too, because it makes me realize, like, 
there's like this is it when that moment happens and your daughter squares up and she's like hey what do you think it's like that's the moment that's the moment yeah, like and it, and it really i mean it begs the question why have we been sitting here talking to each other this whole time? Why are we not with our I kids? I haven't been. No, I've, been texting, I've no. been texting my kids. <laughs> but I, I will tell you, too, like, I mean, and not to get too heavy, but I think if – I bet we could swap stories of things that have happened to friends or loved ones in these last few years. Mm. Or we've seen somebody, you know, I mean, I've seen a peer of mine whose daughter is in cheerleading with my daughter who everybody got sick. But he just didn't get well. And at 47, he's he's gone to heaven. And and a wife and and two daughters, just like my family, mm-hmm. are trying to figure out life without their dad and husband. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, we we've all seen these things in our lives right now. And it's like we start those are the things that if we don't let that affect how we view the world and how we view legacy and how we view right now how we view what matters most mm, yeah music professions careers whatever it is versus the kids that god's blessed us with in our lives and yeah. and the best friend that we sleep next to and how are we investing in those relationships so i've been rocked yeah. to the core in big ways these last couple of years of going like and really saying like god forgive me because i feel like i've missed i've missed it a lot of times, mm-hmm. but man, there's, there's more times than not lately where I'm not missing it. Yeah. Yeah. And because it haunts me again, there's that word again. I want to be haunted in the best way mm. by the reminder of what really matters. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Look at that soundbite. Um, okay. You, you, thank you. We would time. end it right there. Cause that was a great, but line. guess what? We but got we two, questions two questions we ask. Okay. I hope I did. I, is this going to be a long episode? Like well, how we long gotta, are your episodes? We, we you edit start. most we of try what to I said. Keep them at 10, 10 minutes. Where <laughs> what are we, what are we looking at? The rest can be bonus, though. Don't worry. We'll turn that into a bonus footage. Um, okay, so I'll ask the first question. Uh, thank you again for being on, by the way. Yeah, man, honored. this has been great. I'm, I'm we didn't even talk about it. You have you a guys. book coming out? You nah, got, like, it doesn't matter. Tell, just come, None of it matters. Give, give a little shout-out to <laughs> what's going matter. on. Just get everybody that needs to know what's going oh, on Matthew it's, Westworld. It's, uh, well, if you guys, if your listeners are the readers, I think they are. They'll, they like to pre-order their books five months early. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I know about right? your listeners. Is that the demo here? Yeah. Is that <laughs> Look, if you love a book, you'll love a pre-order. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where you don't get the book yet, yeah, but yeah, yeah. You, the, the assurance that it's coming. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, it's called The God Who Stays, and I wrote it through um, throughout COVID. I actually, oh, wow. The, the premise, it's, it begins on March 12, 2020, where um, our concert in Trenton, New Jersey, was canceled two hours before showtime, and I got in an Uber outside the arena to drive me to the Philadelphia airport, and... I was kind of having a panic attack in the back of the Uber. Jeez. But uh, my song came on the Uber driver's radio, and it was a song called The God Who Stays. And all of a sudden, like, I'm sing- my song's singing to me. Jeez. But the Uber driver from a third world country, I, he was singing every word of my song in broken English, like driving down the interstate. And this was literally, like, when everything was shutting down. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> we, it, it, the whole book premise began – with this story of me talking to Arthur, the Uber driver and telling him, having him tell me why he loved that song, why he knew every word and how it reminded him that he's been through many hard things, but he knew that God, did was, you tell him it was you? I never told him it was no! me. And, uh, and, and so I just, I, 
I sang along with him, and the the joke of it was I sang thinking he might go. <laughs> You sound just like the guy on the radio. Oh but literally, I got to the end of the song. I was like, finish the song. And I leaned forward. I was like, hey, man, how'd, how did I sound? <laughs> Thinking he'd be like putting two and two together. And he goes, ah, not so good. No. Oh, He's like, like but, but you're not professional like him on the radio. It's he's like, not... look, we can't all be Matthew Yeah, West. he encouraged me. He's like, you keep trying. Like, With auto-tune, you could get there. Exactly. Um, but anyway, the whole book just goes on to talk about as we experienced an extreme season of distance and separation from each other um just the, the promise of god's closeness in uh in our weakest moments is, mm. is really what the book is about chapter by chapter reminders of how god stays with his children and mm. we're never without his presence so and there's some pretty fun stories of my kids one mm. in particular of me taking my daughter uh shark cage diving what and, uh, where in Florida, that was her dream, my oldest. And uh, I was taking her on that trip where we were going to have the like right sex talk and stuff. And uh, she said, I've always wanted to go shark. She's an adventurer, and uh, my youngest is not. But I so I surprised her with this shark cage diving trip. I thought I'm either going to be the best dad in the world or the worst in history. And uh, anyways, the trip went. I wound up like she was so courageous, but I was like a nervous wreck. Because Dude. the captain, we got two miles off the shore, and he's like, it's such a nice day, um, and the water's a little choppy. We're not going to use the cage today. We're just going to swim in open water. No. <laughs> I like That's I, the beginning of a horror Oh, movie. dude. We swam with about 20 bull sharks, and I had a panic attack the entire time. He's like... I smell a lot of urine. I don't know. I was like, are urine. they attracted to pee? Is that going to happen? <laughs> You're going cage diving. Yes. And then and then he's like, we let's get, not use the yeah, cage. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you won't get good visibility. If you guys are comfortable, we're just going to swim in open water. And I didn't want to be the only one who said, I am not comfortable with that. And as my long daughter, as there are no sharks, I'm fine with that. Yeah, my daughter. And then they are chumming, you know, like jaws. They yes, chum. They chum. They're not supposed it? to chum the water. I'm telling you, it, we survived to tell the was story. Was the guy's name Lucy Fur? It was like Bill. <laughs> he was Bill like this hungover. Hey, Bill, Bill he Zebub. He was a hungover him. captain. It was a amazingly terrible day, but my daughter loved every bit of it. And by the end, here was the funny part: is that night we went to dinner, and I'm supposed to have this talk about some pretty hard things. And I started to realize, like, the Lord had given me a gift of like the perfect analogy. Is like, all right, yeah. I'm so just running when it comes the to analogy. boys, I'm like. Do you remember the sharks in the water? <laughs> I just said, let me just tell you, the sharks are in the water. Do not leave the cage. <laughs> All right, that's good. I'll see you. We'll, uh, see you in the morning, hon. I'll see you on your wedding day. God, that is hysterical. Anyways, I know we went past our no, 10 no, minutes. A friend, a, I have a friend who did uh, – not with his daughter because he's got he's he's got all girls too, but he went on a mission trip to South Africa and they did like oh like cage, not cage whites. but great whites caged out. And I was like, bro, I can't. There's ah, uh, it was awful. I don't know what you would have to threaten me with to actually get me exactly. to do that. Yeah, but I don't know that well, there's a thing. So here's the premise of that chapter was the great lengths that a father was willing to go in order to be with his child. Hmm. And what the Lord showed me through that is like the last thing I've ever wanted to do in my life was to swim with sharks. <laughs> Never. I've been scared of the ocean since my parents let me watch Jaws. Yeah, as of course. A kid. Our and whole he, generation. And yet I has. did it. I did it because it was like, I'll do anything to yeah. be with her. 
And, and the whole chapter unfolds to talk about like, okay, now let's talk about the God who made you. You got Did you tell her that afterward? Were you like, hey, just FYI, I did not want to do that. Oh, but yeah. I did she that. knew. She knew you didn't well, want to do it. Well, she knew because I said no for the long – I was like, this is <laughs> insanity. We're not doing this. Yeah. And then I thought, well, what would be the greatest surprise? To do the very thing I said we'd never you do. You should, hey, on podcasts in the future, you should show them your arm and be like, <laughs> shark attack. And that's how so, much I love my daughter. That's how much. That's you want to keep the cage. <laughs> you want to keep oh the cage. Oh, my gosh. I got the scar to prove it. Um, okay, so, uh, golly. I don't know how you follow that, but here we go. Uh, okay, so we have a couple of questions we ask every guest. What is the one thing you want your girls to know? Just that that God God has the best plan for their life. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. There's so many other things, too. I mean, obviously, but I, I would say I can't make it about what I would want them to know about me because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, God's just put me in their life. For mm-hmm. a season, and I believe the ultimate goal of us as dads is to point them to their heavenly Father, mm-hmm. and so yeah. hopefully that's what I would leave them knowing. Yeah. All right. Last question. I'm trying to answer short because I know I no. Hey, so no, you stop. Was it. that a good short answer? You're performing well. Try to keep this next one even shorter. I'm going to beat myself up for days after this. <laughs> Listen, fuck. <laughs> if I know me, this real talk we haven't recorded, but we'll we'll do you. You pass yeah. the test. We'll have yeah. you back. I've been texting pretty much everything you said. <laughs> Um, <laughs> years from now, yeah, decades even, yeah, hundreds, hundreds of decades. You're back in the water because you just <laughs> wanted to swim with the sharks one more time. <laughs> you're just off the coast of South Africa, <laughs> yes, because you're a thrill seeker. I am. It's a beautiful day. Okay. So the cage is on the beach. Okay. Mm. And the shark takes you. The shark takes you. You have passed on. I've passed. What do you want your girls to say at your funeral? Mm-hmm. So heavy. That is so. See heavy. how he did like a little light dive into a very heavy thing. <laughs> That's dive. his skill set. He Here died go. half the man. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. Oh I'm my just picturing god. my torso floating Oh man! I, I gosh! I okay. So here I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna give you an answer that I heard at a funeral service and I've never forgotten it hmm. and I've thought if this one thing could be said about me at the end of my life then i then i did something right and it was a funeral i sang at as a favor i didn't know the man and i also didn't know it was going to be one of those types of funerals where they let anybody and everybody stand up and speak Mm -hmm. um who wanted to wow so i wound up singing some chris tomlin worship song for like three hours in the background right but uh they the last person stood up to speak, and it was the man's best friend. And he said, do you know what I find is the most fitting tribute of our friend here today? Is that of all the people that have spoken, there has not been one conflicting report. Hmm. And I just thought, jeez. And I immediately thought of that, like, uh, that Brazilian miner who hmm. had been rescued. And uh, waiting for him at the top was his wife. And his girlfriend, <laughs> and they oh, were meeting yes. at the same oh, time, God. right? <laughs> like, but I thought about like this here. The, it, I was like, no. Con- what does it look like to live a life with no conflicting reports? Hmm. Like, Jeez. am I who I say I am? Do I live how I say I want to mm-hmm. live? Are are there, you know, skeletons in my closet that'll be found when I'm gone and disappoint my loved ones? Like, 
that's some heavy stuff to think about yeah. and making a list of like if i mess up like who am i letting down today and that's something that i keep close to my heart always because none of us are perfect and none of us are bulletproof either yeah. you know and we got a lot of people counting on us and i want to i want there to be no conflicting reports when dad's gone you know yeah man come on now Come on, Matthew West. Come on. Dude, this was great. Thank yeah. you so much. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Dad, please.